Welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast, a show about self-discovery and lifestyle tips for moms. We are your hosts. I'm Kelly, a wife, mom of two, and an independent consultant with my own company in Chicago. And I'm Jessica, mom of three, and owner of my own outpatient mental health practice in Nevada. You're about to go on a journey of self-discovery as we chase a brighter you. Every single week, we will bring you new episodes that will cover everything from lifestyle and tips to more serious conversations about grief, life, and hardships. Whether it's a duo episode or we have a guest, you are guaranteed to pick up a new tool or feel less alone. This one is for the moms that have forgotten how to make time to keep their spark alive. Allow this show to be a reminder to always keep chasing a brighter version of you. Let's get into it. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Jess? Good. I want to debrief about what we call the Martin Christmas. Martin is our maiden name. We went to go see our dad's family, and then we were really lucky we were able to see our, our mom's family as well. Yeah, it was a great trip. It was too short. I didn't realize how beautiful Kansas is, and especially driving to Southeast Kansas. And every time I go out there, I just feel happy. And I would like to spend more time out there to enjoy the outdoors. I had the same experience. A lot of us, you know, are fortunate if we have like a yard, but it's just very different if you were able to grow up in an area where you could just run free. And we were in Southeast Kansas and it's very rural. And so a lot of people have a lot of property. So kids can just run around and be crazy. So every sibling hosts on my father's family and there are four remaining siblings. And every four years they come to Vegas. And then two of the four years are usually in Southeast Kansas and they rent the church hall. And the kids just run around outside. There's a big open area and they just find things to do. And I just love that. And we don't have that. Even though I live on a cul-de-sac, unfortunately, people do drive up and down it. We have traffic and my kids don't have that freedom to run out of their house and just run around. I think that our kids are used to, most kids are just playing video games and on screens all the time. And what's nice about travel I think in some way is that you're forcing them to not do that. I have a really hard time with my kids. All they want to do is be on screens, whether it's video games or watching TV and nothing else really. So I like traveling. I I think it forces them to get out. And this trip in particular, being with family, even if they don't specifically know them, you know this as well as I do. It is, it's really meaningful for them. They remember those moments so much more than anything else. And that's what I'm really trying to teach my kids as much as I'm trying to be mindful myself of is meaningful moments, the moments that you spend with people that stick with you. And I think that going back and seeing family really provides that a lot of fulfilling moments that I don't normally get to do, especially with my family. Because I live in Chicago, I'm not by any of my family. And my husband has a fabulous family and I really enjoy spending time with all of them. And they remind me a lot of my family, but being with people that I grew up with and just kind of remembering the relationships I've had with people in a positive way is, it just makes me miss that. I don't know. I think it was short, but um, sometimes it's good to be short too. Like 
then you can keep it idealistic. I thought it was very simple. We had such easy, wonderful travel there. We did go through Denver, but there are nonstop flights to Wichita. So just flying into Wichita, which is just a small, cute airport. It was just and it's also really a nice just airport. Ridiculous. Anybody from the Plains or Midwest. I mean, the way you're treated, it's just so different and wonderful. And when we traveled this summer with Southwest, they were really crazy. And they were like, everyone has to hold their own ticket. It was this really crazy thing. Several airports were like, everyone has to hold their own ticket. It was this crazy thing, right? And so when we were in Wichita, I was like, oh, do I need to print out? Because we had printed out a boarding pass for Geo, because the other ones have phones, right? So we all have our own mobile passes. And so in Vegas, we printed out a pass for him to have. And in Wichita, I said, she goes, you want us to print out passes? I said, well, do we all have to hold our own pass? And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, we've been traveling. They told us we all had to. And she was like, I've never heard of that before. They must have been Southwest, having a bad day. <laughs> no, Southwest does that, though. You what? even you flew Southwest this yeah. time, too? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I mean, as far as I know, Southwest, they really frown upon it because they want to streamline the boarding process. Well, I don't think they're not going to let you get on the plane. She they was just shocked. tell you that. She was shocked that I was told that and said they must have been having a bad day because she'd never heard that before. I've heard it a, I've I heard think, it a bunch of times. Right. And I think it's different. I think if you have children, you don't want your child to hold the boarding pass, right? Like that's just, anyways, whatever. I, they were I'm super friendly. Different. I actually was, like my kids to hold their boarding pass because I want them to feel like legit travelers. Okay. I don't want them to hold it while we're waiting. I just feel like they're going to drop it and lose it. And then we're going to be like, where the hell is it? So I left this. The boarding passes actually at a chair. I was like, Beck, go yeah. back and see if I left him out there. He was like, yes. And Wes was like, mom, oh my God. Well, because it's all digital now. It's like, why wouldn't I just slide, slide, slide? Like, I don't want to print on a paper. It's just such a huge waste of paper and energy to print out boarding passes when you can just have the digital on your phone. That's fair. No, I've so, done it yeah. a lot. Of, you know what I yeah. do sometimes? Do you have an Apple Watch? No. Because what you can do is, because a Southwest scared me into that what i used to do is i have a boarding pass on my watch and then i'll have it on my phone so then i'll have one for beckett and one for yeah me. i mean they're not going to do anything what are they going to do to you but they're anyway not, just i just was again i was just saying the point of the story for me was that at the witch at wichita they were like we've never heard of that that's that person was having a bad day because they're so friendly and then also just the fact that one of our you know several of our cousins work for southwest but our one works for southwest at wichita airport and she was just like you only need to be there 45 minutes early. We were going to go two and a half hours early to return the rental car. But the rental car, you just walk across. You don't need to be there very long. But I just want, right. we just don't want to be stressed. And we go early and we want our bags to make sure our bags get on the plane. We don't like to cut it close. We do live in Vegas. It's an incredibly busy airport. Security can take up to 30 minutes. So we're just kind of used to that. And from pulling up and dropping off the rental car, to getting through security was 20 minutes. Yeah. And checking bags. So, yeah. Anyway. No, there's no um, lines anywhere. That yeah. was, and I I loved, we were able to see both sides of our family, which is really wonderful. I know I would have liked to spend more time on the Martin side, but we weren't able to. And also, I think the Martin family won. I think a lot of our cousins just plan it. Like, I guess people don't think it's a big deal. Not as many cousins came this year. There were some illnesses, but also like people eat and leave. And then it's like, you know, we spend a lot of money to fly all the way there and get there. And so sometimes I feel like it can be a little anticlimactic. 
I think our ants love it and they host it and our ants are definitely want to make it a thing. So anyways, next time I'd well, next time I, I'd like to plan to stay a little bit longer for the Martin thing and then maybe extend my stay a bit, figure that out a little bit differently. Yeah, I think the way to go is to fly out on Thursday, spend Friday with like Wichita family, drive in Saturday to Southeast Kansas, stay there Saturday night and then leave Sunday. I think that's what I would do next time. So I have one night in each place. I've been two years in a row now, which is a streak for me. You know who's going to stay and who's going to go. And I think you try to make the most of those times. Our aunts listened to the podcast and the one aunt was like, you know, I was really thinking about when we did the book club Art of Gathering, how you could make that different. And I do think what you're saying, I do think there is opportunity to make that gathering a lot different. Because when I got there, everyone was eating and it was just it's long tables and everyone's eating separately. So I know you did as well. We both just went around to each group, each little family and talked to them. But I do think there is opportunity to rethink that gathering because not everybody knows each other and everybody has different likes and dislikes. And how do you know, how do you get to know people on a different level? And so how could that, and so I know our um, Aunt Jean was thinking, you know, how can you do that a little bit differently? And I think there's a way that you could configure that, like you were saying in The Art of Gathering, if if you knew the host was going to take care of you, you would feel better, right? Yeah, I agree. Is there a way that you could change that gathering into a way where it felt more inclusive? Because there are families that are quiet, that sit to the side and don't socialize too much in that gathering space. And so is there a way that you could maybe create more conversation between people. I just think there is something to think about. I do think on the one hand, even with my husband's family, all of the gatherings when we go in New York were always the same, right? And I do think people just get used to it. Okay, this is the way it is. But I also think there is opportunity to change things so, up in a um, way that's different. I think, know? so you're right. Every family gathering is this way. There are yeah. people who sort of pull back and there are people who lean in. And it, it changes over time. You know, I notice even like some relatives, even on Brian's side of the family, were like, simply, I mean, as people get older, they can't hear so well. It's hard for them to track what's happening. And they tend to pull back more than they were before. And other times where maybe people just don't feel good about themselves in the family, they tend to fall into the dynamics of whatever narratives they're struggling with. And they don't enjoy it. And so part of like part of me is like, if people don't enjoy doing it, why are they, why go, right? In some ways I feel. Other ways I think to your point is it's like, how can we help people feel inclusive? Yeah, to your point about the book or even just each of us as participants in those gatherings to have people feel included in a way that maybe we didn't previously. And I think at, and at our cousin Sophia's house, the same thing happened that happened at our house where the guys went elsewhere. And there were a couple partners who I felt like wanted to be included in what the women were talking about. But didn't want to be kind the only of one. Go, right. They'd kind of go back and forth. So that's just, it's, I'm not saying the gatherings I went to weren't great. I'm just looking at it through a different lens of like, wow, I think there are some opportunities. Because it just, again, it has me rethinking every gathering I go to and the why. And I think, what would there have been an opportunity to include all genders at this gathering? You know what I mean? Versus we just kind of go into these old, like you always sell, say, 
well-worn paths when it's like, would there be an opportunity? But I do think like, for instance, at Sophia's house, you know, we were able, I'm so grateful Angie was able to call like all of our cousins. And so we were able to see quite a few cousins. And one of our cousins, Nikki, unfortunately, before Thanksgiving, her son died suddenly from asthma. And it's very terrible. He's very young. He has a young baby. And it was terrible. And I'm so glad we were able to see her and be together. And so in that space, we all were reminiscing and talking about intimate family details, which wouldn't have necessarily been, you know, inclusive or appropriate for partners who had no idea what we were talking about because it was like inside family secrets and memories and things like that, which I felt like really served a purpose to help Nikki have respite for a little bit from her grief. I agree. I agree. I think it was a nice, you know, that's what I was thinking is trying to include her in that conversation and make her feel like she could take her mind off of what she was going through as well as just spending time with all of that family. I don't remember the last time I've seen so many of them. And the other thing that was interesting about that spending time with those cousins was it's like it is this weird thing where you kind of pick up where you left off you do a little bit of catching up but you don't there's not an awkward warm-up you just go Mm -hmm. right and so that side of the family I find that much easier to do we're trauma Um, bonded (laughs) true yes yes we all know the struggles we've all had and I think that does kind of maybe I I feel that way. I feel like they all know our dirty laundry in some way, in a way that everyone isn't afraid to be vulnerable. Well, and I think on the other side of the family, there's just really big spacing. There's really big spacing of ages. It really was you, me, Christina, Stephanie, four of us that were close in age. Where on my mom's side, there was like 26 cousins. And I want to say you know, 15 of us were born within like a seven year time span. And we vacationed a lot together and did a lot more together. Because if you just kind of look at family dynamics, that's our mother's side. And on my dad's side, he was the brother, right? And so the sisters yeah. all did things together they a did. lot yes. with, without dad, because that was just more of the dynamics because the sisters were getting together. And so they saw each other a little bit more than we did. But also there's only four of us and we also moved away. Yeah. And Christina's husband is immune compromised and got sick. And so then it was just kind of the three of us. And so we were able to catch up, but it's just very different than like, you know, a group of eight people catching up. So it's just very different. You don't need as much time to catch up. I was so happy to see on the Martin side, everybody and catch up with everybody. And Gabby does really maintain contact. We've talked before with all those cousins. And so she was really excited. And I'm glad that I think there is something special about cousins and aunts, uncles. And so anyways, well, it means that was a lot. Great. I, I do want to buy to property is, in Kansas. Now. It means a lot to me because <laughs> Brian doesn't have any siblings and any of the cousins on that side, aside from one who lives in Arizona, nobody's around the kids' age who live around us. And so for them to be around kids their age that are family is really important. And mm-hmm. so... I like going back. I I would love to own property out there, Jess. I think we can Airbnb. Yeah. I didn't look on Zillow for Uncle John's house, even though it's not really his house and it's a totally different house, but how much So when that? Kelly and I were growing up, we were raised for about five to seven years, like on a pig farm. And our grandfather had bought a farm and on the property, our father built a home with both of our grandfathers. 
And then right by our house, our uncle lived in a trailer. Since that time, that trailer has turned into a different house, but we still call it Uncle John's house. But we look at that home that our father and grandfathers built, and Kelly Kelly has a dream to purchase that property. Now he's looking, and then we saw that our Uncle John's property was for sale. And it's it's like, what do you think, 50 feet away? Like 50 feet sharing a driveway. Yeah, yeah. And so talking about having a property there, because I was even talking to our cousin Angie, you know, her husband retired from military in June. And she was just talking about because they lived all over the country and areas of the world. Like, it's just so affordable to have land in that area, be able to buy a home and property versus going back to where he's from, which is the Southwest, which is just so much more expensive and land isn't available. And I think Wichita has a lot of universities. It's really grown, and I think there's a lot of opportunity in that town. That house is under contract. Mm. What was the purchase price? One seventy, maybe one seventy. Serious? One seventy nine. Yeah. So with how much land? I'll send you the link to the place. I mean, because it's a double wide, basically, right? So it's, it's a double really wide. Really expensive to live in. Howard is more expensive than Wichita. It, um, it just has no land, no acreage. One It's a lot. Double wide? Two acres. I don't know. It's um, a trailer with no foundation. Uh, That's crazy to me. So great time spending with family. I think it's important talking about human connection and really kind of going back to your roots can be really fulfilling for people depending on their own experiences. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's fun to get time to do that. Yeah. I think for me, I just realized how quick and easy it is to get there. And we've talked already that I want to travel 2024. The last thing I just want to touch on in my mom talk, anybody out there that likes audio books or podcasts, you know, if you have Audible or a Prime membership, there are a lot of benefits and free things you can have. And I was just kind of perusing on Prime Benefits. And there is a series called Mother Neighbor Russian Spy. It is a podcast series from BBC, and I am obsessed. And it's about, they call them the illegals. And it is the Russian spies that go deep undercover in different countries. That's what the movie The Americans was about. So it is a couple, they are spies. They went to spy training in Russia and then were like, they were like, oh, you two need to get married. And they were given fake IDs and sent to America. So they come to America. They have children. They embed themselves in the New York, New Jersey area. And it's fascinating. It's so good. They're like interviewing a guy who was there doing the same thing like a decade before them. He married an American, had a daughter, and they're like, you have to come back to Russia. And he lied and said, I have HIV. And at that time, like everyone was freaked out about HIV. So they were like, they just, so he was, they were like, if you don't come home, we're going to kill you. And then he said, I contracted HIV and then they didn't want him anymore. And so it just, it's interesting how, so they're in like how he got out of it. And the FBI has been aware of this couple for five years and is watching them. So you want to know, are they going to defect and stay and live the American dream? Or are they going to be arrested and caught? So anyways, it's so fascinating. That sounds interesting. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've read a, a couple one. books about that stuff and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. I would have defected. I would have been like, blah, blah, blah. And I would have defected five minutes into being in America. <laughs> because it's just insane. Yeah, the opportunities here and what we have compared to other countries. So anyways, I recommend that book. Anything you're listening to or reading, watching, you want to share? I'm hitting a Christmas book right now. Christmas holiday book. 
mm-hmm. for my one of my book clubs. It is called One Day in December. It is very cute. And I normally really appreciate some thrillers. I'm kind of right now in a bit of a Stephen King phase. I've read three books. One Day in December, I feel like I read that. It was a Reese Witherspoon book club book, but it's kind of Christmassy, I guess. I read that book. It's about a chick who meets a guy and then at a bus stop and then yeah. gets married to somebody else and lives a life. And then I don't know, I'm, I have one hour left. I read it two years ago. Yeah, it's Went been out for a, a while. Christmas phase, but mom's very upset. I'm reading a lot of murder. And she's like, well, that's happy Christmas. So if you want to skip Christmas and you want to get into murder, Mid. I read Not a Happy Family. So good. I read She's Gone, which is, it's kind of a young adult where a teenager took his girlfriend to homecoming, wakes up in the hospital. She's disappeared. He has, the car has crashed and they have no idea what happened. So you are trying to figure out if he killed her. He lost his memory. And then a fun, actually not a fun, not a murder, but a fun book woke up like this. And it's really funny. It says it is by Amy Leah and Mindy Kaling. And I like Mindy Kaling. And so I don't know if she kind of co-wrote it or did the introduction, but it's really cute. It's like this type A girl who has a nemesis and she wakes up and it's 17 years later and she's engaged to her nemesis and she is trying to get back to being a teen. So that was a cute, fun book. So you read books that I don't, you read that that genre of like, what would you say? Realistic fiction? I don't know. Slash I read thrillers. everything. It pops up. I'm on Kindle Unlimited and Audible. And if it just pops up or I like to look at Costco magazine books or I have recommendations I don't read from any, Pinterest, like, I read everything. That A Day in December. Mm-hmm. I read books similar would be The Happy Place, right? Did you read that? Happy Place. It's like the pink title. It's I don't possible. like any of those it's books that terrible, much. Guys. Um, what, what kind of book? I shouldn't say I don't like them. I don't like them as much so I read them a little bit here and there about you know I prefer like more of a epic family saga or a thriller or a historical fiction well what would you say you read Ellen Hildebrand what would you say that is I don't read them that much similar I guess yeah I don't read them that much you know one or two a year but I would say like the one thing I read consistently are probably thrillers but nice psychological thrillers I didn't like any of those like the sanatorium no. Like I read the Dark Witch series, which is like fantasy. I would say I read every single thing. I do a little fantasy, mm-hmm. I would say. Anyway, but anyway, I just finished my 50th book of the year because mm-hmm. I set my Goodreads goal to be 50 books. How like, do you know? Where's Good? Is Goodreads an app? Yes. Should I know what I'm doing? I didn't know that you didn't know, but I guess I don't really talk about it much. Goodreads is an app that you can track what you're reading and what you want to read. And if you do Kindle, it actually auto-syncs when you finish a Kindle book. Yeah, I'm part of Goodreads. I just don't know how to access how many books I've read. If you do, there's an annual reading challenge. If you click like more on the app and then go to reading challenge, you can set a challenge. It's kind of nice because then you can see like what books you read for the year. You get to set an annual goal of how many books you want to read and then you can kind of see your progress. The other thing I just want to sum up is I have been (laughs) trying to do more vegan recipes, not like 100% vegan, but mix in with meat. And so I have this cookbook called Straight from the Earth that is so amazing. And my friend Sherry in her store, she had it. She had sold the last copy and it took me a couple of years to find this book. 
And it's the um, Myra Goodman and Maria Goodman who are the founders of Earthbound Farms. And the recipes are so amazing. And my go-to on this is a vegan chili. It's called Four Bean and Sweet Potato Chili. And we love it. And I just had some for lunch again because I have a lot of leftovers of it still because my children aren't eating it. Wes requires Fritos with chili. And if he doesn't have Fritos, he's a hard pass. And Beckett, it's a lot of stuff in it that he's finding questionable. But anyway, so it's super good. And I'm trying to, I think that's probably gonna be something that I'm going to be part of my New Year's resolution as well is do, is to cook more vegetarian slash vegan meals and just, you know, still do meat stuff. But I feel like dietary wise, I'd almost do better without meat. Yeah, I I have no desire <laughs> to do that. I'm trying to think of a response that's supportive. <laughs> Coming up with the place. I'm like, I love vegetables. Yay, vegetables. I could I could eat vegetarian. I think vegan is so restrictive. Dominic had a friend that came over and they were vegan, and you're like, oh, I'll get carrots with ranch out. Okay. They can't have mayonnaise. They can't have ranch. Okay. Chicken nugget. Nope. Cheese pea. Nope. Oh, you know, like they were like six, and you were trying to think of like food that could have them and I was like yeah you're oh, taking it too extreme with a, a plenty of blank. cheese and sour cream in my chili but it's a good like base recipe just to use a lot of vegetables off I would say so maybe more vegetarian yeah probably so well good and we'll you know be talking more about this coming up year and reflections and, and our yeah. episodes dropping in uh, December but this was a good mom talk yeah thanks for listening today don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. If you love today's episode, please share with another mom. And while you're there, it would be great if you gave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to know more about Kelly and I, want to find more of our blogs, tips, tools, resources, check that out at ChasingBrighter.com. And we interact with you on Instagram and Facebook at Chasing Brighter. Thanks. We'll be here next week.